This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gunna Geek. Check out more podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready because geekness starts in three, two, one. The Gunna Geek Network presents the latest installment of All Things Good and Nerdy. With your hosts, Naki. Internet is really, really great for porn. <laughs> Anthony. No pants, all bacon and dick butts. And Chris. So I'm going to say this as nice as I can. You go to hell, sir. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> They're here each week to talk about the latest in nerd news. And sometimes they bring a special guest host along, too. As Magneto once said, ha ha ha, welcome to die. Well, I want to cut you all. <laughs> I'm just going to cut you all. <laughs> Meat candy. Woohoo! You have boobs! So kick your feet up and relax as you take in the latest crazy episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Don't fucking point at me. I'll point at you. Yeah. Actually, I have my camera on today, too. Okay. Okay. So apparently we're live because the little yellow button's up there is on. So, anyways. Yeah, you're sticking my nose. Weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week, and and Naki tells a story. Um, the uh, I, we went to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last night, which we'll just discuss that at a later point in the show. Um, but the entire movie, there was a person sitting next to boyfriend on his phone the entire time. Like, it's bad enough that we're sitting in this movie, but the fact that we had to pay to sit in this movie meant that we had to pay to listen to this guy talk on his phone. Oh, he was and talking on it, not, like, texting or anything? No, he was talking on his oh, phone. Oh, he's a douchebag. Like, kidding me? So, uh, people around I mean, us... Unless, like, unless you could actually see the gun he was wearing, why didn't you just take his fucking phone and chuck it? Because we're both very passive people, despite how angry we come across. Or throw um, your shoe. Um, yeah, go Ronda Rousey style and fucking chuck his shoe. There was a, there was a thought of that, but uh, people around us complained the theater did nothing. So they're, and they're we were in one of the, we were in one of those fancy theaters with like the reclining puppy chairs and everything. Like it was, we we're just like, why don't you do something? But whatever. Anyways, so karmic justice happened because we get out of the movie theater. We happened to be walking behind these people that were on their phones the whole time. The people of emptiness. <laughs> The people of douchiness is what we shall call them. And uh, the guy had parked like a douchebag as well, and he gets out and he notices that his bumper's on the ground because he was a douchebag. (laughs) Nice. That is what we call karmic justice. Uh, I think karmic justice would have been boyfriend picking up the bumper, hitting him over the head with it, and saying, you're an asshole! There was thought of doing that too. I I think internally I'm a lot more violent than some people. This is possible. I sit and throw popcorn at people when their phones are on in a movie theater. And I will empty a large bucket at you. And if I go through all my popcorn, then I'm going to come get your phone. Honestly, like... Turn it off. Like, when we're reclined, you can't see the lights, like, from other people on their phones. It's not a big deal. But when you're sitting next to somebody who is talking on their phone the whole time, like, I couldn't hear him until the end. I have really shitty hearing. So, like, it didn't phase me, but he had to listen to it the whole time. So... That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'd be livid. 
And if the and movie so, theater's not going to do anything, I'd be asking for my money back. And you said the theater didn't do anything, so people told representatives of the theater, and they weren't, their ushers didn't fucking tell the guy to get off his phone. No, they walked up and down the aisles. I saw them doing that. Jeez. Yeah, that's effective. So, I hate people. Yeah. It's, there's just something about fucking cell phones has gotten to the point where nobody thinks it's rude anymore to be on your phone basically 24-7. And I actually commented about it yesterday. We had the live Boise, or the Boise uh, Library Comic Con, and at the end of a panel, me, the wife, my buddy Maya, and his new girlfriend were all standing there talking. And at one point, all three of them were looking down at their phones and not talking. <laughs> and I'm the only one without a phone, and I'm standing there I was like, you know what? Fuck y'all. <laughs> like everybody thinks it's okay in a social setting at this point to just ignore the people you're actually with and just stare at a phone. So and I, I mean we were all prepping for something. Nobody was being rude, but it's it's I find it strange that it's gotten to that point where it used to be if you took a phone call in the middle of a conversation, everybody involved would have thought you were an asshole. And now it's just oh it's acceptable behavior. I like the whole theory that's out there now. If you go out to dinner with a bunch of friends, everyone you put your cell phone in the center of the table and the first one to pick up their phone buys dinner. Yeah, the first person that just cannot go two minutes without checking Twitter. It's, it's one thing if you've got a reason, like you're a doctor that's on call or something like that, where somebody might call or text you or you might get informed you have to come into work. But if you are just can't handle your Facebook addiction, that's your own problem. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, you, you have a pregnant wife, you have someone in your family dying in a hospital, or, yeah, you're a doctor that might need to be called to a hospital or you're a paramedic, like you have a life-or-death job. Those right. people should have constant contact with being able to, you know, someone to get a hold of them. So yeah, other than that, people should be able to put their phone away for a two-hour movie and not fucking be part of social media. I completely agree. Evidently, Knock, you guys had a problem with crying babies as well. Yes. There were so <laughs> many babies! Because Chris Hansen the Zen brought up and said, who brings a baby to a movie theater? They can't even enjoy the movie. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Here's but here's Here's the thing. bring their kids to the theater. Some people bring their babies to the theater because they want to see the movie, and they don't give two craps if they ruin it for everyone around them. Yeah, their I problems are more, their too. problems and things are more important than everyone else's. <laughs> but then yep. Chris Hansen said, "Unless it's Guardians, that's just good parenting. You can bring your babies to that." <laughs> there were so many like small children and babies in this theater, and I'm like, "This movie's still PG-13. Like, I understand that it's Turtles, but it's still PG-13." Okay, no, nobody pays attention to ratings anymore. They're like, "Oh, I can take kids to that." That's why we had some people get pissed off when Ted came out because nobody paid attention to the fact it's a rated R cursing teddy bear. Yeah, they brought their kids there. We're like, "Oh my God, this is terrible!" Yeah. And I'm like, "It's a rated R I can take my kids to that. That's all they saw. Yeah, yeah. people don't pay attention anymore. Because they didn't notice in the regular trailer that the movie was rated R. <laughs> Everyone who'd seen the Red Band trailer was like, why the hell are you in here with your 12-year-old yeah. kid and your 9-year-old kid? You're going to scar them for life. Or yeah, at least for a was, year or two. Well, like, because it was... I was talking... It was before I even saw the movie, but I was talking with one of the mothers that brings in their kids, and she's like, yeah, we took, we took him to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this weekend, and it was a total bad idea. I'm like, was, isn't that movie PG-13? And she and the kid is six, and she's like, "Yeah, we thought it would be okay. It's not okay. Now everything's a gun to him." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> you took your six-year-old to see a PG-13 movie. What did you think was gonna happen?" Wait, who said this? One of the mothers that I um, that drop off their kids with me. Because she's not aware of the fact that a little boy will turn anything into a gun with absolutely no outside influence, anyways. Apparently, well, like... I've seen a three-year-old pick up a pillow and go... Da, 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 whose parents had never let him see 
any form of violent film whatsoever. Little boys make guns out of anything. It's what and we see, do. That's what brings us to a completely different problem. A lot of the zero tolerance policy in schools. Like, if a kid makes a gun out of their hand like this on the playground, yeah, you can get suspended. I'm sitting here like, think... you know how many playgrounds I was on? A, I was a kid on, and I was pretending my hand was a gun, and we were having gunfights in the playground. We still brought guns to school to play guns at school. <laughs> See, we never did that. In our in our in our play in in the playroom I work in, like you can't build guns out of Legos, you know. You can't be tackling people in, in the... We have a space maze. They're not allowed to tackle people in there. Because every time that they tackle somebody, somebody hurt gets hurt. Obviously. It's tackling. But, like, we yeah, tell people... Wearing pads. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, we tell people we don't, uh, we don't want guns. We don't allow guns. Because every time that there's kids playing with guns, quote-unquote... Um, I keep forgetting that I actually have my camera on, so I suppose I could actually go... Um... <laughs> That they they forget the fact that you know the kids get more riled up and we get to a point where we can't actually bring them back down. So I don't know. But in any case, don't take your kid to see a PG thirteen movie if you don't want your kid to see violence. I think I think that's just obvious. I mean, if you're one of those people who want to take your kids to go and see that movie because you want to see it, there's a lot of websites out there that break down whether the content of a movie, whether it's actually truly safe for kids. I can't even think of some of the websites. I've seen them before, but they're like, hey, here's the things you should watch out for if you decide you have to take your kids to this. Yeah, there's plenty of websites that do that. People, But, I mean, those are the, the people that would take their kid to TED because they saw one preview or saw half a preview and saw that it's a teddy bear and it's the guy who does Family Guy and so they automatically think it's okay. Those are the type of people, I mean, if they're not going to reference, they're not going to research the rating, they're sure as hell not going to look at a website that tells them whether or not they should take their kid to the movie. Oh, Why are they letting their kid watch watch Family Guy to begin with? Because it's because a cartoon. Cartoons are for everyone. Yeah. Because like some parents would turn on a TV, let it watch their kid for them, and ignore their kid. I wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons or South Park until I was like older. Yeah, my girlfriend was the same way. She wasn't allowed to watch South Park until she left her parents' house. Yeah, like, my really? parents. My parents yeah. still don't like me watching South Park. Like, that hasn't changed. <laughs> See, my parents came and saw me and my buddy watching the South Park movie, and my dad, I think it was, saw like 10 minutes because this is dumb, and just walked off, and that was the extent of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, a uh, draftsman in the chat room said, uh, little boys grow up to be men with <sighs> guns if they're not allowed to have them. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it's just it's a change in sensitivity. It, it's not just boys who do it, though. That's like, true. I got little, I have little girls who... who build guns out of Legos. We have to sit there and be like, you can't build guns out of Legos. Then they try to pass it off. They're like, no, it's a camera. <laughs> <That's> smart. <laughs> I like that. It's a smart kid. No, 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 no. We're shooting a film. It's a camera. Oh, just Look, I made a GoPro. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. <laughs> think back, though, to like when the original Nintendo Entertainment System came out. Do you think in today's world you get away with bundling the NES Zapper with a video game console? People would flip their ship. Probably. That's yeah, I saw the ultimate. I think the like the furthest I saw this was a flight where a kid got kicked off because he was wearing uh, an Anigo Montoya shirt. Oh yeah. That said, my name is Anigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And then they said his T-shirt was instigating violence, yeah. and therefore he could not be on a flight. Something similar happened here at a school. I live in West Virginia, and. It's a lot of gun country here. People like their firearms. And it was in southern West Virginia. A kid wore an NRA shirt to school, and they kicked him out of school because it was a shirt. They said it was a shirt promoting guns. 
And I was yeah. like, it's an NRA shirt. Come on, guys. It's fucking ridiculous how, like, uh, I, uh, I hate political correctness. It's all I bullshit. Do too. Chris Hansen in the chat room taking us back to Ninja Turtles thread said, I don't think Ninja Turtles ever made me think I wanted a gun. Nunchucks, yes. A turtle shell, definitely. <laughs> Meanwhile, Neil had said, TMNT made me want nunchucks and a sigh, not a gun. <laughs> that is true. When I watched Ninja Turtles as a kid, I always wanted uh, swords, katanas. I wanted a I bow wanted staff. Katanas. And I got a bow staff, and I trained in bow staff. <laughs> in, reference, in reference to your camera gun, Chris says, it's a camera gun. It shoots cameras. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh great now I'm going to have guns that shoot cameras in my playroom Awesome. we could use that in this day and age all these motherfuckers that are at a crime scene whip out their camera instead of calling the police That's you got to get famous you need that YouTube money <laughs> I would like some YouTube money I would too so YouTube give us money we hey, we've, been doing, we've been doing this for free for two years come on now <laughs> pay That's up true. And I think so far my, my Ice Bucket Challenge has a whopping six views. So, I mean, where's my fucking check? Okay, so I got I got challenged. I have not actually done the Ice Bucket Challenge because nobody's really watching them anymore, so I just donated. I but. will do it tomorrow when my camera person is here because I nice. said I would I did do both. It. I forgot to say it at the end yeah. of my video, though. I did the Ice Bucket, you know, freaked out my system, especially because I was post-workout, and then dumped that ice water on me. So it was a real change in temperature, and then I donated afterwards. Yes, I will do the ice bucket challenge and donate right afterwards in the spirit of the event. I have not actually had time to do the ice bucket challenge, so I just donated because it's easier. Um, <laughs> but because I've got something called college, so I've got all of these books here that I have to read, and I've got notes Chemistry's that are already at this thick for chemistry. <laughs> Say, the books I have to read are a lot funner than yours, Naki. Oh, I, I like my books a lot better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was doing homework at 10 o'clock last night. Up in there. Super fun. I have to do more homework today because it's super fun, guys. I totally love being back in school. It's the best <laughs> thing ever. College is for everybody. It's totally winning. I did that stuff once. I think I I'm good. I paid my dues already. I'm out. I'm not I did back. twice. I did twice. I have two degrees already. <laughs> I got two. I might get a master's one day if I get unlazy, if that's a word. I have one in chemistry, one in chemistry, huh? One in culinary, which is basically chemistry, and one in uh, chemistry, and one in um, liberal arts. I'm a grown ass woman. I'm the oldest. I am the oldest person in my English class and the second oldest person in my chemistry class. I've made friends with the oldest person. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting blinded with irrational rage as I see a bear's logo on that can you're drinking from. Oh, oh no! Oh no, the bears! The bears, Chris! It's not the bears, it's the bears. The yeah, problem bears. solved. It went away. <laughs> First time I had my camera on in weeks. <laughs> right, now that you're done picking on Naki, Chris, you should probably like finish the introduction and the, the episode number and all that so we can get started. I know. I just realized we're 15 minutes <laughs> in, and we've just been BSing. Oops. So before we get to that, Draftsman has said in the chat room, Naki's lording over us a whole lot of fancy book learning. Oh. She, she is a learned woman. So, I am learned. Isn't that terrifying? Welcome, everyone, to episode 122 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Thanks for sticking with us the first 15 minutes of randomness. 
It's recorded live on August 31st, 2014. Go team. And before anyone, before we start anything else, let's just roll into our news of the week. News team, assemble! Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Yay. News of the week. How the fuck is it the end of August? That's I don't so who's going? I'll go, because my news is simple and fun. Sweet. So we've all been watching the, the Every Simpsons Ever marathon, right? I've watched good chunks of it. And we want it to never end? No. Guess what? It never will, because FXX <laughs> is basically becoming the 24-hour Simpsons channel. Um, so if you started watching the, the, the marathon from the beginning... Um, the very first day, there was nothing but, like, three commercials on there, and I saw those three commercials, and I was ready to kill myself after see after commercial breaks, because I was just like, hooray, the same three things that I just watched. Um, but anyway, so now they're up to, like, 15 or 20 commercials, which means, obviously, it picked up some steam, and people are actually watching the, the marathon. Um, so because of this, uh, FXX, is now basically becoming, uh, they're doing 24 hours uh, Simpsons a week, and their new lineup will be uh, Mondays from 6 p.m. to midnight, Tuesdays from 8 p.m. to midnight, Thursdays from 8 p.m. to midnight, Fridays from 6 p.m. to midnight, and Sundays from 4 to 8 p.m. So basically, whenever you need to get your Simpsons fix, it'll be on FXX. But guys, it's really not a big deal, because if you think about it, Simpsons has been in syndication forever, so it was almost always on in the evenings for four to five hours if you just changed channels. That's true. Also, well, actually, I, I always had problems finding, like, the older Simpsons episodes, but because it looked like their popularity was in the older episodes and people are dropping off now because we're getting to the newer episodes, we're now in season 20, I believe. Um, uh, we've had it on, you know, this entire weekend. But this is actually the past, like, 11 days because it's on for 12 days. Um, I've got a bunch it, recorded, too, the old ones I wanted to go back and see. Yeah. Like Even though I now. think... I think we have the, the DVDs, you know, and we still recorded them. <laughs> I know a lot of people got upset because the early episodes are in the 4 by 3 ratio. I guess they just uh, cut them down to size to fit in 16 by 9 and stretch things out. So yeah, people are cranky about it, that. Well, it was, it was made way before HD was created. I know. I think people were just expecting they would air it in the 4 by 3 so they didn't have to script the picture. Oh, that's true. Going 16 by 9 and changing it. People are going to bitch, though. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It is what it is. But, I mean, it's it's been fun watching all the old episodes. Like I said last week, Lisa Lisa versus Malibu Stacy is one of my favorite episodes. I was glad I got to see it. Um, Mr. Plow, obviously. Everybody knows Who doesn't Mr. love Plow. Mr. Plow? <laughs> Although, all these new episodes, almost every episode I hear boyfriend scream, uh... How have I seen this episode before? Because <laughs> he's apparently seen all of these, and I'm like, these are all new to me. I haven't watched any of this. Like, I've seen a couple of them here and there, but I really haven't watched anything recently. Simpsons! Simpsons forever! Nice. Go team. That was my news of the week. No, there has to be more. I'm not ready. <laughs> all right, okay. then I'll do mine. I was going to say, Anthony has some pretty cool news of the week. Donald Glover is voicing Miles Morales in Ultimate Spider-Man. 
Yay! So we did not get Donald Glover on the big screen yet, which a lot of people were pushing for, which I still remember it was funny because there was actually a point where his management told people to stop because it was causing problems for Donald Glover as an actor that people were so focused on trying to get him to play Spider-Man. But he will be playing Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon coming from an alternate universe where Peter Parker died, Miles Morales took over as Spider-Man, and he's going to meet the Peter Parker in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. So pretty much it's Spider-Men being made animated? Basically, yeah. They're going to use the Spider-Men storyline, and apparently uh, it says they, uh, on the USA Today report it's going to be part of a Spider-Verse storyline, which just started in Spider-Man, where uh, Spider-Man starts finding all the different versions of himself. It says they're going to introduce Iron Spider, Spider-Man 2099, and everybody's favorite, Peter Porker, the Spider-Ham. Nice. Who doesn't love yeah. Dong Lover? Really? Everybody yeah. likes Dong Lover. I mean, they, they did something similar with the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s where he met Spider-Man from a whole bunch of different worlds, and even one of them at the time was Ben Riley because the Clone Saga was going on. Yeah, I think, really they cool. did, I think they did it in two of the Spider-Man cartoons because I think I remember in uh, Spider-Man Unlimited they did yeah, a version where be. he met everybody. And I think another one, I don't know if it was the MTV one or the one previous to the MTV one where, he, yeah, he met just the, they opened up the continuity and he met all the different versions of himself. But yeah, the there's a trader online and it's pretty cool to hear Donald Glover's voice as Miles Morales with Peter Parker basically giving him shit because he's too young. Well, I mean, and Bendis credits a lot of the movement behind uh, Donald Glover being Spider-Man for why yeah, Miles why Morales created is Spider-Man Miles. now. Because yeah, I'm still a staunch believer that Donald Glover shouldn't play Peter Parker, because Peter Parker's white. But that doesn't mean Donald Glover shouldn't play a Spider-Man. Spider-Man isn't white. Spider-Man can be anybody. Peter Parker is a white character. I agree. Um, for the record, Spider-Ham has already been introduced in the Ultimate Spider- Spider-Man universe in the TV series. There was an episode in Season 1 where Loki comes to New York. Oh, that's right, turns, yeah. And turns... Spider-Man into the Spider-Ham. That's oh, right. He already, he already turned Peter into, Porker, into Peter Parker. I forgot yeah. about that, that. That was before I quit on that cartoon because it's just not good. I, I love like that, that cartoon. cartoon. I'm halfway through season two. I'm just looking forward for Star Wars Rebels. Um, that does look good. I watched... We watched the first episode and it's kind of meh, but I heard like one, it picked up once... Uh, Rebels? Once, yeah. Rebels isn't out yet. No, what was it that I watched then? Rebels doesn't come out until October, I thought. There was one that there was one show that we watched that was on Disney. That was a Star Wars show. Was it Legos? I have no idea. I don't know. We recorded it, um, but we watched it. It was kind of mad, but they said after the first episode, it got better. Um, I thought it was Rebels. Nice, Chris Hansen in the chat room said the Clone Saga is what got me into comics. Ugh. The comic he ever paid his own money for was Maximum Clonage Alpha. Ugh. What's funny is that for, for every one person they brought into comics with that saga, I think they got rid of a hundred. So he was not part of the mainstream. He started I was actually I was actually quite impressed with Bendis when he did the Clone Saga on in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Because the Clone Saga was such like widely panned and just destroyed by critics of the, in the comic universe. The fact that Bendis had the balls to redo it in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe was amazing, and he actually made it a really cool story. And in that world, that's where we got Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, which is actually a clone of Peter Parker that woke up as a female. 
<laughs> the Clone Saga in the comics, it had potential to begin with. Like, ooh, what are they doing? And then it just, it was indicative of the 90s. It became an event that went on way too long, and they had no idea how to finish it. Lots of spikes and shoulder pads. But in the long run, it gave us Kane Parker as the new Scarlet Spider, whose series was awesome, and as a new warrior, he was great. Because all the power and none of the responsibility is a fun Spider-Man to read. And it did bring Norman Osborn back, even though that was not the original plan. The, I think I'd read somewhere the original plan was to bring back Harry Osborn, not Norman Osborn. Yeah, they changed a lot of stuff midstream oh. during that there's giant some, fracas. There's some very interesting <laughs> articles you can go and read online about what Marvel's original plans were and things like that, because people who originally worked on the Clone Saga have talked about what the original plans were and how it all changed and got really weird. If you're a Spider-Man fan, it's worth looking up some of those. I can probably find them again if folks want links. It's been a couple years since I last found them. But <laughs> they were cool. Did you see... Okay, so we all saw... Did we all see the, the new Spider-Woman cover that's coming out that has everybody up in an uproar? Yep, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible. Anyways. somebody that's did, what that guy draws. I, mean, I know. I realize that. Okay, okay, okay shut, up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> okay, so... Someone did a 3D rendering of it. Um, boyfriend told me about it last night, so I had to find it today, and I'm looking mm. for it now. Um, but somebody did a 3D rendering of it, and it's amazing. The 3D rendering of it is exactly what you would think it is. Her neck is broken in, like, six places, and coming out of her armpit, it's amazing. It's the <laughs> best thing that... Uh, Which but I can't just works for comics. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't I don't see the... I don't understand the uproar at all. If you hire Milo Minara to do a cover... It's going to look like a porn cover because he draws porn comics. See, That's what the guy does. I agree with you, and so did Dan Slott. And Dan Slott took so much crap because he said, I don't agree with the cover, he goes, but it's this guy's style. It's how he's drawn yeah. forever. You know what you're getting. Yeah, if I pay Rob Liefeld to draw me a cover, I don't expect proportion. I expect something that looks like it's frenetically exploding, covered in fucking pouches and huge shorter pads. I just I watched Dan Slott get destroyed over this for like two days on, on Twitter and he's he's sitting there, he's like, Look guys, I don't like it. Don't put words in my mouth. He yeah. goes, But you know what you're getting. And some of the worst people to steamroll him were the Mary Sue during all of that. He's like, Look yeah. guys, read the whole thing I said. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a great cover. I don't I feel, like it. I, I think it's an awesome cover, but I mean, if you yeah, hire Milo Minara, you're gonna get a porn cover. That's what the guy draws. I like the oatmeal's version of it. If you haven't seen it yet, I'll pull it up. Well, I mean, and there's also other people have taken pictures yeah. of Peter Parker in almost the exact same pose with the butt cleavage and stuff too. So, I mean, it's not like it doesn't yeah. happen on both sides. It is gratuitous and stupid, but whatever. And it's always gratuitous with Jessica Drew's Spider Woman. Like that's that character is almost always done like a porn pinup, and it's just something that's stuck with the character since she put on that red costume. Well, looking like, in the chat room. It's Neil not like Spider-Man's never been basically, you know, spread eagle. <laughs> yeah. Look in the chat room. Neil has said, "Porn Spider-Woman." Ugh. 3D rendering is all effed up. And then Draftsman <laughs> has said, uh, "This is Milo Manera. I will not have you disgrace his erotic rendering of Spider-Woman." <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris brings up a good point. He goes, "Why aren't people more upset that Greg Land is the artist?" <laughs> oh, here's the 3D rendering that they just shared. I will post it in the chat room. I will screen share it for everyone who's watching. It's kind of creepy. It's really creepy, but I like the... I did the oatmeal version. It's up on my screen share. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, kudos to Neil. Thanks for passing along the image of the 3D rendering of Spider-Woman. That That's is weird. 
creepy. I mean, creepy but th- that's one of the biggest problems you have in comic drawing is in order to have the gratuitous TNA, you lose all form and anatomy and a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, but you I mean, also... Still... I can't, I don't, I don't like that artist anyways. I've had my issues with him in the past, so... It's it's said and done. I've already said how much I dislike that artist. I didn't ca- I didn't care about slot. Like it wasn't. It's generally it's not the the writer's choice on that one. But it was. I don't like that artist. So I just well, not going to buy the cover. Ta-da! Yeah. Slot's not even writing it. He's not even writing it. So people are like, "Oh, you're just towing the company line." He goes, "No, I've point blank said I don't like the cover." He goes, "But it's a variant cover." He goes, "It's not like it's the primary cover. It's a variant." Just don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. And that's don't what a lot of people say. If you don't like it, don't buy it. <laughs> but ironically, because there's so much uh, scandal behind this one, not scandal, but so many hurt feelings, people are going to buy the crap out of it because they're speculating it'll be worth money. It's oh, just, yeah, it'll sell like crazy. It's just one of those things where it's like, if you don't like it, don't put money towards it. I don't like that artist, so I don't give him money. Yeah. <laughs> Chris in the chat room has said Moneras is a variant cover, and he said Greg Land Trancing Porn Stars is in every issue. Tracing Porn Stars is in every issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is what it is. But if you don't like it, don't buy it. And it, you, the companies pay by your money. So if you are giving them money, you are basically supporting their habit of and then, uh, having porn stars. Draftsman has asked, "Have any of us ever read Monero's work?" I can honestly say I haven't. I've read no. a couple of his comics. I tried, but I got so angry with his art that I stopped. <laughs> I've read a couple of his erotic comics. Some of it's really good artwork. I mean, just he draws naked women. That's what he does. I mean, it is what it is. If he you want erotic, boobies. if you yep. want boobs, you got you got boobs. There it is. It's it's just another one of those things of let's get mad at the comic industry and things. Yeah. Be it I right mean, or wrong, people get mad about everything that happens anymore, so it loses all of its impact. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, yes, women are very unfairly portrayed in comics, and that's just, well, not portrayed, very unfairly drawn in comics, but that's what it is. It is, like, and I, people are like, well, why don't you fight more for it? I'm like, because I am one voice in billions and billions of a, a sea of voices. At this point, I'm just going to shout into the wind, and it'll basically be the same impact. Yeah, and there's not, like, there's not a backlash against it. That's why there's the Hawkeye Initiative. Like, the Hawkeye Initiative is amazing. Help. Yeah, there is people fighting against it. But yeah, it's something to where, like, if you hired John Romita Jr., and that's the cover he turns in, then be pissed. You're like, what the hell are you doing? This is nothing like what you do. If you hire Milo Minara, that's exact. you're getting exactly what you're asking for. So, yeah, nobody has a reason to bitch about that. It's it's the guy's art style. It's the internet. People are going to find stuff to bitch about. True. Remember the days before the internet, and we had to be surprised by the by, by what was coming out. Remember when that happened? I yeah, still try and be. Sometimes I miss it a lot. I'm spoiler free on episode seven for the most part, in Avengers two. Nice. So my trouble is not reading previews because then I sometimes got, I miss books when they come out because I hate seeing what's going to happen in Invincible in two months because there's too many spoilers in even the little paragraph text and previews and the cover images. I hate that shit. See, I like browsing the, the, the new comic shelves and finding my comics that way or hearing from other people what I should yeah. pick up. Like, I picked up Genius because of you. Yeah, the first two issues of Genius. Oh, did you like it so far? I haven't, wa- I haven't read them yet. I just I haven't picked mm-hmm. up. So they're in yeah. my stack. Nice. And speaking of which, just because I have it sitting here, because I was a little behind, when I picked up issue one, I already had issue two in my box. 
And because Image decided to uh, ship issues 4 and 5 this week, when I hit the comic book shop, I had the next four issues of Genius waiting for me. Nice. So I have the entire miniseries, and I bought it over the course of two weeks. So yeah, Image has some weird shipping policies going on right now. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but I'm happy. I got the whole miniseries of Genius, so I'm stoked to finish reading that this weekend. So, looking in the chat room, Draftsman has read some of Monero's work. He goes, I've read his good books and some bad. He is a decent artist. Do all of his women look leggy, big lip... Excuse me. Do all his women look like leggy, big lip girls? Yes, but he is a good artist. Yeah. Then Chris has said, Tank, to talk about good comics, Bob's Burgers, number one. I haven't read it. Yes. I, I show. haven't picked it up yet. <laughs> but I saw that it came out, and I'm like, yes! Just like I'm, I'm going to be nice and not nerd rage about that. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I love Bob's Burgers. You know what Bob's Burgers needs? A Milo Minara cover. <laughs> Anthony, our meeting will be me kicking you in the crotch. <laughs> and then running away, because you could probably kick my ass. Bring it on. <laughs> I will kick you in the crotch and run. <laughs> Want to so, do the man dance? First dance is free. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to do my news story before we run out of time here because we're already a half hour. <clears throat> and mine, of course, is talking Woo! about Arrow because we all know how much I love this show. Should I just back away now because I'm still in season two? Not really. I mean, they just said who the big bad's going to be in season three, so. Uh, oh, yeah, I already know this because I listen to you guys sometimes. Yeah, so this one isn't <laughs> a big deal. If you've been watching any of the coverage on Arrow, they said at Comic-Con that Ra's al Ghul is coming to season three of Arrow. Everyone flipped their shit. Everyone was trying to guess who was going to be Ra's al Ghul in this. There were names thrown out like Jason Isaacs and Oded Fair that people had said, well, I guess uh, MTV did an interview with uh, Liam Neeson, you know, who played Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises, which kind of heavily influenced Arrow, and asked if he'd be willing to reprise the role. And here's what he told them. He goes, no, I haven't been asked. I haven't at all. I would do it in a heartbeat if it came my way. Yeah, very much so. So here's the thing, and I think this is really cool. Liam Neeson wants to be Ra's al Ghul again. How cool is that that he wants to come to the small screen to a CW show and be Ra's al Ghul? That would give them some serious cred. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I think it would be fantastic. Potentially. It's very much possible. They haven't said whether the League of, Sha- League of Assassins will appear in Flash. Well, I don't see honestly, why they wouldn't. It's They'll at least pay like... mention to them. I'm trying to think of, like, Flash's villains, and I don't think any of them really, like, stick out to me. Weather Wizard, Mirror Master, those will be some of the big ones. Professor Zoom. Yeah. I never liked Professor Zoom. The Top, the Trickster. The Trickster. Bring Mark Hamill back as the Trickster. Trickster was actually, okay, we got Trickster. Uh, I don't think we can do a bearded Trickster, and he's got to keep that epic beard for at least the the one film he's filming. Wait for season two. Yeah, beard. His epic beard has its own Twitter account already. I Mark Hamill's beard is badass. It is. He looks awesome. That beard. He also had, uh, Liam Neeson also had some advice for people who do end up playing Ra's al Ghul and how they should portray the character. He told them in the MTV interview, he said, quote, they have to believe in their philosophy. Ra's al Ghul's absolutely believed what he was doing was ultimately saving civilization, and it was quite a good argument he comes up with. Throughout the ages, this fraternity that brought the plague to wipe out a section of mankind because it needed to be regenerated again. Very dangerous, but you have to believe it. So basically he's saying believe in Ra's al Ghul's own mentality, and you can 
sink into the character fairly well. It's the same way we got um, spectacular performances of Magneto in the X-Men films. Right. Magneto's not the bad guy. He's the good guy in his story. Exactly. And in his own head, Ra's al Ghul is the hero of his world. All the great villains don't think they're bad guys. Nobody would, like Bendis put it when he did uh, the six, because nobody would ever call themselves the Sinister Six, because nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm a bad guy. Yeah, there, there was someone I was watching who did an interview guy. who said something to that effect of, if you're playing the role of the bad guy, you have to believe you're the hero of your own story, and then everything comes together. Yeah. It makes a lot, yeah, because you're trying to win your story, which makes it work a lot better. That's Handsome Jack in, in Borderlands 2, one of the reasons why I think he's one of the greatest video game villains. Because he, he thinks he's saving the world. He thinks he's saving the world? Yes, it makes sense. Well, the only person that might wake up in you know the morning and think they're the bad guy of the story is the Joker, but that's because he's completely fucking insane. Yes. Oh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of, of, of villains, and I had we had uh, so a five-year-old and a six-year-old are playing Lego Batman, and so we have a we have a video game area. They're playing Batman, and they asked me because they know that I'm the geeky one of the of the teachers. They're like, "Why is the Joker a bad guy?" I'm like, "What?" They're like, well, why, why does, why does he fight Batman? Why does Batman think that Joker's a bad guy? And I'm like, we're, we're getting philosophical here. Okay, how do we go about this? How do we do this? <laughs> because like, Batman is an agent of order, and the Joker is an agent of chaos. They don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't under. So I, I had to explain it to them as <clears throat> well. Joker doesn't really think he's a bad guy. Joker thinks he's doing good things by stealing money and blowing up buildings of people who are very, very rich. He thinks he's doing something good. And Batman thinks that he's doing something good by stopping him. But some men just want to see the world burn. Well, I can't say that to a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Because Joker thinks it's funny when he hurts people. That's why he's a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) So... Then we had to get into Lex Luthor. Like then they started asking me about Lex Luthor, and they started asking me about Harley Quinn, and they started. A- and I'm like, oh god, we're getting into villain philosophical questions, That's and awesome. I'm not ready for this because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer. I'm not a parent. <laughs> <laughs> you you did bring up earlier. You asking some of the Flash's villains. The chat room has you covered <clears> there. <throat> Neil had said uh, Boomerang and Captain Cold, and then Chris Hansen oh, said Captain Gorilla Cold. Grodd. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't say Captain Cold. Cause, yeah, yeah, whoever they get to do Captain Cold has to be uh, like a great actor on the show. Yes. Because Captain Cold is an amazing character, and he's usually really real, well written. And Draftsman brought a good point up about Liam Neeson wanting to come back to play Ra's al Ghul. He said, I think he thought it would be a movie project, not TV. Uh, and it's possible, because don't they have two uh, CW movie projects scheduled on that DC re- uh, film release schedule? I don't know, to be honest. So they could do a build-up in Season 1 of The Flash and Season 3 of Arrow that leads to a showdown with The Flash and Arrow fighting the League of Shadows and Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul and make it a film. It is possible. They should do a Green Lantern and Green Arrow team-up. You know, like in the comics. The Brave and the Bold. (laughs) That'd be possible. Uh, So, movie casting news real quick. We talked about it before. I just wanted to bring it up again. It is still being reported that Marvel and Joaquin Phoenix are very close to signing a deal for him to play Doctor Strange. Do we care? No. I, just to me, it, it doesn't seem to fit. Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor, but I don't look at him and see Stephen Strange. 
But also, I mean, Marvel is fucking casted, done a hell of a lot of casting that I, uh, you know, didn't think would work when I first heard about it, and it turned out amazing. So, you know, he might Pratt turn in a stellar. Yeah. Yeah. All, almost all the Chris's. <laughs> yeah. Nope, like nobody the, thought Johnny Storm Chris Evans could be Captain America. Or Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Yeah, he is but fucking Captain he, America. He was tiny in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah, the before and after pictures when he actually put on that weight. His arms doubled in size. That's really what it is. His chest and everything only got a little bit bigger, but his actual bicep tricep area doubled in size. Why do you think his uniform is sleeveless? Boom, <laughs> <laughs> baby. You gotta yep. protect them guns. Yeah. that can contain the Thunder God. Lost my train. yeah, if they get Joaquin Phoenix, it could be. I mean, the guy's an amazing actor. He played freaking Johnny Cash by changing his hairline. I mean, I don't think there's really anything Joaquin Phoenix can't do if he puts his mind to it. So he could turn in an amazing Stephen Strange performance. Yeah. I just hope we get some crazy like. 1960s Steve Ditko mod artwork in the extra dimensional stuff to where we're popping into extra dimensions and it looks like those crazy old pages from 1960s Marvel comics that you can look at the page and just see how many drugs the artist was on when they drew it because they were just batshit crazy. Yeah. So Chris <laughs> brought up a good point in the chat room. I completely forgot. They already cast Captain Cold for Flash and I completely forgot it's Wentworth Miller who is playing Captain oh, Cold. Oh shit. Is that who he's playing? I yeah. saw that he was he might be on the show, but I didn't see who he's playing. He's Captain Cold. I'm I so fucking down for that. God. I love Wentworth Miller. If anybody's never seen the Prison Break TV show, go watch that shit. Cause it's on Netflix. It breaks out like 17 prisons over four years, and then there's a movie, and it's fucking awesome. I don't care what anybody says, and Wentworth Miller is killer through the whole thing. I don't know, he's man. That, creepy that show really went off the rails the last season and a half. That show is another one like Lost, where it's like, we have a great idea. We're going to do a movie about escaping a prison. By the end of the first season, they're going to escape the prison. And then it's going to go for three more years. So what are we going to do? We're going to keep escaping more prisons. <laughs> like, I love the writers on that show. They just went nuts. The first season of that is one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Though. Well, it's one of the most intricate plots ever like devised for a television show. Right. It's up there with season one of Battlestar Galactica for me, which I think is still one of the best seasons of TV because there's so many pieces that they set up. Oh, love is that, that Are you talking about like the miniseries or the actual season? Actual season one. The miniseries of Battlestar is boring. It's setting up, it's world building, and you have to live through it. Mm. The miniseries is, is rough. I was going to say, I, I had a hard time getting through the miniseries. If, if, we, if we date back to when Chris and I first met... Was over Battlestar Galactica, and I was typing <laughs> up reviews while I'm like, "This miniseries is terrible." And Chris was just like, "You should keep watching." <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be Chris's standard answer in a lot of stuff that he likes. Is you should keep watching. Well, no, I mean it's honest though. On Battlestar Galactica, once you get past the miniseries that sets up everything, episode one is just boom. It's right in your face. It all goes insane. You're like, holy shit, what is going on? Episode one of Battlestar Galactica is fantastic. Yeah. I'm trying to think because I think I watched it all on Netflix. Did it it's, start it's with the miniseries? Yeah, it starts. It starts. It starts with the miniseries. Is like one or two, like long episodes. And then it goes into the actual show. Yeah. yeah. The, the first I'm episode. To think if I saw the miniseries or not. It sets up the world and all that, and does the destruction of the colonies and things like that. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, but. <laughs> 
Robots mini- attack. People die. The miniseries destroys the colonies and has the fleet unite and then finally decide to leave the galaxy, and that's where it leaves off. Episode 1 of the series begins with the Cylons chasing them and attacking every 33 minutes. Hence the name 33 for the episode. Okay, yeah. I, I do remember that, because I remember the actual like attacks on Caprica and right. all the other planets and stuff. So yeah, so I must have started at the, at the miniseries. And the miniseries has one of my favorite Easter eggs, because if you're paying attention, when Laura Roslin's getting diagnosed... In the medical center, you can look out the window and see Serenity fly by. Oh, nice! Because the same people that did this, the visual effects for Firefly did the visual effects for Battlestar Galactica. So Sweet. they put Serenity in the show. And I was like, oh, that's badass. Is it actually Serenity? Like, is there markings on the ship, or is it just a, flyer fl- a Firefly ship? It's a Firefly ship. Oh. I'm not sure whether it's Serenity or not. I've heard both. They probably didn't want to deal with any possible copyright issues. <laughs> that's my guess. That's awesome, yeah. I never noticed that. Ooh, I have a screenshot of it. You can't really tell. I'll show you the screenshot as soon as it loads. Sweet. Yeah, Yes, so it is the Firefly class ship out nice. the window. So you can't <laughs> tell whether it's actually Serenity or not. Yeah, it's too far away. That's awesome, though. It's still I badass, though. <laughs> still badass. Oh, I might get a chance at Salt Lake City to show some Firefly love. Uh, Alan Tudyk's going to be there. Oh, nice. I love him. He's awesome. He's also if, you, the if you have not seen um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, do you yourself have a, a favor sad life. and watch that. <laughs> that was this our Halloween the... movie this past year was Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was one of the best things ever put on film. I love that movie. Oh, I love that movie so much. Tyler so Labine is fucking awesome in that film. <laughs> Man, Alan Tudyk, though, he's really good at voice acting and me not realizing that it's him. I know, right? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's good at a lot of stuff. He's, he's also, a great actor. I love uh, him in Bull House. That's one of the biggest twists that you don't see coming ever. It's freaking him in Dollhouse. Oh, right? Because he's Dollhouse introduced as one character and then you realize he's actually another character. Oh shit! <laughs> One of our um our former co or former guest host Casey, I don't remember if he had his um camera on when he when he guest hosted on here, but he looks like Alan Tudyk, and he almost got cast as him as the, they have a Firefly um live show in Chicago, and he was he had auditioned for the role of Wash <laughs> for a reason because he looks exactly like him. It's scary. That's cool. That would be a good way to make a living, yeah. Being a, right? It's like, oh, I'm just a shadow of the actor who played this, but it works. I look like him. <laughs> That's cool. Speaking of actors who are doing cool stuff, do you guys hear what Patrick Warburton's trying to do? Yes. Spoon! Yes. This is so cool. I saw this news, and I could not help but kind of go like, awesome. Patrick yeah, Warburton is. is trying to resurrect the live-action The Tick show. As an yes. Amazon pilot. Yes! <laughs> he's already worked at a deal with Sony Television as the TV rights, and he's working with Amazon to do a pilot project. And if you guys know how Amazon's pilot TV shows work, basically they put all of the pilot episodes up on Amazon Video for people to watch and vote on what they want to see. So yep. you will have your chance to vote for more episodes of The Tick as an Amazon I be, project. I will be voting the hell out of that. I am so excited. I don't think there's ever been possibly better casting 
than Patrick Warburton as the tick. I he, know, right? He just is the tick. <laughs> like, <clears throat> yeah. And now, He's whenever I read Rock Roman is Hellboy, like nobody right. else could be Hellboy. Nobody else can be the tick but Patrick Warburton. If you even go back now and read the <clears throat> comics, you still read it in his voice. Like, of course. Just, no. <laughs> that, I want to see if they can get that dude back from Lost, Mr. Uh, mascara, the guy that looks like he's always wearing mascara. His uh, yeah. name is Batman Well. He was fucking spectacular. Batman Well. <laughs> I am Batman Well. I watched more of the cartoon than I ever did the live action show because it was on Fox and it got buried, so I kind of missed the fact it was on there when it first came out. It's on Netflix. Do I know. Do yourself a favor and watch it. It's on my list. Yeah, Batman Well and American Made, both top-notch acting jobs in that show. They're hilarious. They could. Arthur, I liked who they had <laughs> for Arthur, too. Like, they had a really good, solid cast for the yeah, Tick. Yeah, the guy that played Arthur definitely wasn't bad. But, guys, the Tick is coming back. I mean, this just goes to show everything can come back. Everything's coming up in Millhouse. In, in the chat room, <laughs> Neil has said Patrick Warburton is nigh-invincible. Draftsman <laughs> added in. Draftsman chimed in with Spoon, taste his justice. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see a live-action version of Chairface. That's think exactly Chairface what I was thinking. Oh, man. Now I'm so excited. I want to see him write his name on the moon. That was one of my favorite episodes ever. I know. I want to see them I do that live-action. I, I wish they put the animated series on Netflix, too. Yeah, that'd be worth watching again. That was such a fun show. It was. Okay, so Chris in the chat room has said that a Batman, well, I guess, was Nestor Carbonell. He played the mayor of Gotham in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He's a fun actor. It's it's so weird because he's one of those guys, he's got the super dark eyelashes to the point where he always looks like he's wearing mascara. I always thought that they just highlighted him with eyeliner until I found out that, no, that's just how he looks. (laughs) Yeah, he looks like that in The Tick. He looks like that in Lost. He looks like that in the Batman films. After I saw him in so many different things, like, it can't be the same makeup artist on all those shows. I think he just has really, really dark eyelashes and a lot of them. But yeah, he looks like he's wearing mascara all the time. I'm looking in the uh, in the chat room also, um, Neil has said everything comes back. Yesterday, news broke that Greatest American Hero pilot yeah. was ordered by Fox. Which, I, I don't know how that'll play in this day and age. I it, don't, yeah. It, it worked as a goofy, you know, sitcom at the time. I'm not sure, like, a, a superhero who can't make his suit work really works in this day and age of superhero movies where, like, you don't see that idea. But if you see it, if you get a good writer behind it, you could see it work. You just need course, that yeah. that writer who can write that that, that line of goofy and <clears throat> drama that the world, like, apparently the world just wants drama these days. But Or if you wanted to make it a pure comedy, you just have to have the right writer. Uh, and the right actor. You have to have the right person in that suit. Sure. That can pull off the idea that they're a goofball, they're klutzy, and yet they're doing everything they can to be the hero that saves the day. That's a fine line for an actor to walk. I mean, is it was is it was it no, it wasn't Willie Ames. Who was the actor in Greatest American Hero? Um, I can't think. Of it. He did a lot of stuff in the '80s, but I mean, he he walked that fine line of not being completely ridiculous. Like you still believe that he was trying to be a hero even though, like, he just kept failing at everything he did. And I think that's a hard line for a lot of actors to walk. But, yeah, it, it could be a great show. It definitely could be. I would love to see it come back. It's just, I think it's they have a they have a big, steep hill to climb to get something like that to work these days. 
and make it as funny as it can be and still bring in an audience. Yeah, it could go it could go either way. Cuz it could be it has the potential to be a gigantic flop. Did we lose Chris? No, I'm just reading the chat room right now. Oh, okay. uh, see, uh, Clone Freak says, for some reason I have all the episodes of The Greatest American Hero on DVD. I paid for that. Why? <laughs> I want Boyfriend, the, we have something uh, to watch today. <laughs> there's a box set that I still want to buy that I think comes with the manual for the costume. The manual that That's he never cool. had. Which, that might be like the coolest like little nerd item ever added to a box set. <laughs> Okay, so I got one last news story before we start wrapping things up because it's just kind of too cool to share. Netflix is still trying to take over the world. Did you guys hear they're picking up the back catalog of The Blacklist to stream on Netflix? So excited. I can finally watch the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good, too. It's so, so good. Uh, no, I guess... I missed one episode and then was able to catch up and watch the last four episodes as they were on NBC's website. Fucking spectacular end of the season. It was... The, thing, the problem that I had, because I watched like the first four or five episodes and I really liked it, but they kept going on hiatus for like four weeks and then I would miss it because, you know, I wouldn't be home on a Monday night. Yeah, they, they'd randomly replay like the second third episode during yeah. its time slot, so yeah, it, it messed people up, but yeah, it's a great show. That was just, yeah, some bad planning, I think, from whoever was in charge of it. It's the same problem they had with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they kept putting it on hiatus randomly, it seemed like. No. It was so random when it would go on hiatus, so like I never got to finish it. And I'm really excited that it's going to be on Netflix. I'm gonna I guess and watch the big that. story, though, for this is how much Netflix is paying per episode of uh, The Blacklist. They're paying $2 million an episode of the black for The Blacklist. Can I be on The Blacklist? Yeah. I mean, I can see why they would want it, because it averaged about 12 million viewers a week on TV. Nice. It was so good. So the only place you'll be able to stream it, doesn't say for how long, is going to be on Netflix. That's well, I'm excited for that. This, it's the new it. record for the most they've paid per episode of a television show. The previous record went to The Walking Dead. You guys have any idea what they paid per episode of The Walking Dead? Wasn't it like 1.2 million? Close. Like that? It was a $1.35 million an episode of The Walking Dead. Close. Wow. But, I mean, you still got to look. That was huge for The Walking Dead. And for AMC's already figured out, Netflix helps them get more viewers because people might not catch a season, and if you put it on Netflix, they'll binge watch, and then they'll catch up for the next season. Yep. Breaking Bad. Because there, is there, of that, Netflix right has actually increased cable subscriptions. Yes. Because people are catching up, binge-watching shows, and then saying, I, have, I can't wait to watch this next year, and they're actually going and getting cable. It's true. <laughs> So uh, Draftsman said in regards to the blacklist, he goes, I feel like the, I like the blacklist, but I felt that it needs a bit more teeth. I feel like they mute some of the action for TV. Maybe a little yeah, bit. There are some episodes, I mean, because I've watched, I only missed one episode of the first season, but there are some episodes where events set things in place for something to happen and for it to be extremely vicious, and you get like maybe 80% of what you think is going to happen because it's on primetime network television. Yeah, but I think they I think still push it, the TV rating pretty freaking far. NBC decide they're going to push it the most with Hannibal, so they need <laughs> to back off on some other yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I need Hannibal. That's a show that I need. All of it. 
Brian Fuller <laughs> said season three is ready to go. They've got everything figured out for it, supposedly. No, I haven't been able to watch it yet. I want to be able to stream it somewhere. I have season one. I haven't watched it yet. But because the guys on Legends Podcast were just gushing about Hannibal, I said, okay, I need to watch this. But then I got scared because they said, whatever you do, don't binge watch this show. Because it will mess you up. And I was it like, might okay, hurt your brain. I should well, probably just watch two or three episodes and then watch something happy. <laughs> well, plus, they get away with a lot of what's on Hannibal because it's inside of Graham's imagination. Right. And it's his brain reenacting the crime scenes. And so what they're showing isn't real. It's a dream sequence. Well, and so and that's how they get past, I think, a lot of the censorship that you normally see on network television. The thing that has me scared the most, well, not scared, but apprehensive the most, I guess, is the fact that there are uh, episodes that were the uncut versions that showed on TV because they weren't allowed to show things on TV. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be rough. Nice. Like, I really want I really want to watch that show, but it's not streaming anywhere, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> Because it's like Arrow Season 2 for me. Like, all I want to do is watch Arrow Season 2, and I can't because it's not streaming anywhere. (laughs) I I guess we should also get an update. Where are you at on Arrow Season 2 now, Naki? I've only seen seen the first two episodes. I haven't haven't been able to get any further. I still don't care about the island. I thought you said Boyfriend had all of it on his DVR. Did he not have all of it? He does. We just haven't had time to, like, sit. Because, like, if we weren't actually, like, going out, I was working on homework or sleeping. So... Stupid gotcha. homework? College should not get in the way of Arrow. I know, right? Fix your priorities, woman. I'm sorry I'm trying <laughs> to get a job where I make more than eight fifty an hour. I'm sorry. What, sick of being a midget wrangler? Uh, it seems God. like so much fun. You want to you, you trade jobs for a week? Nope. You sure? I like sitting at a desk moving around fake numbers and messing up people's lives. I mean, fixing people's accounts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, my midget wrangling days are over. Because remember, I only did midget wrangling when I was allowed to kick and punch them. That's so much more fun. I can't Indeed. kick and punch these kids. I wish I could. Well, you can. You just can't have, have, have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm just you, you could be a munchkin puncher. <laughs> I, would be, I would be a great munchkin puncher. That would be a great t shirt, munchkin puncher. I punch munchkins. <laughs> so, I feel like I would offend so many people. Okay, uh, Neil wanted to bring up something real quick since we were talking about Arrow. I'd miss this. He said Arrow season two point five drops on Comicsology on Monday. It's the official tie-in between seasons two and three. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to get that. Yes. Uh, Draftsman has also pointed out. He goes, I read Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon in a row. After reading those three, I had to read Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of viciousness to read in a row. I love Red Dragon is a fantastic book, though. So Uh, that movie was not. not Neither one of them, Manhunter or Red Dragon, neither one of them were great. Ed Norton did a pretty good job of pulling off uh, Graham, but yeah, neither one of those movies come close to how intense that book is. Yeah. Uh, Draftsman said, "I just had to read Harry Potter to take that. I had to. I need some fantasy to take the edge off." (laughs) <laughs> nice. And then Ciro has pointed out, welcome back, Ciro. We haven't seen you in a while. He says Arrow is a terrible show. <laughs> well, you're entitled to your opinion. JS would agree with you. Uh-huh. It, it is, okay, come on. It is the first 11 episodes of season 11 were, or season 11, season 1 <laughs> were fucking terrible. And I still don't give a shit about the island. I'm sorry. I am. Season 2. 
I don't so far. So far, I don't give a shit. I, I wish like it would stop island. doing the flashbacks. There's I don't care. Island. That's where you get to see Deathstroke. Yeah. It's the birth of Deathstroke. And yeah, then a, Slade's turn is fantastic in that show. Clone Freak has said he's working on the Munchkin Punching T-shirt now. Oh, thanks. Zero <laughs> wants to know if it's a code for a sex thing. It is not. It's just everything is code for a sex thing. You just don't know it yet. Okay. That actually you. might be an Urban Dictionary lookup. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid of what might be in there. <laughs> I, seriously, guys, I don't want to know. I'm scared. You know, I had a late night. I bought a Munchkin Punch the Life last night. I'm not sure. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I feel like Munchkin Punch wouldn't be a sex thing, but a masturbation thing. <laughs> All right, then I didn't do that, no. Oh, dear <laughs> so, I forgot to ask one thing I wanted to ask before we start wrapping things up. Naki, did you watch the end of True Blood? No. Okay. I know you I used watched, to watch True Blood. I have not seen this last season at all. Here's the reason why. I read all the books. Okay? I read all the books. And by and there's like, I think there's 13 or 14 of them. Um, by the last five, you could tell that Charlene Harris didn't give a shit anymore. She was basically just writing them for the cash cow. And literally, oh. the last book had chapters that were two sentences long. To like, because she was doing a big like wrap up, like, and this person is doing this, and it was two sentences long. People were paying thirty dollars for this book, so I have not watched this last season because, from what I understand, we have zombie vampires, and I don't care. So I'm just vampires, vampires. So (laughs) everyone's telling me just watch the last season. But they've already they like they missed the point. Like the point of True Blood was that it was sexy vampires and it was goofy and it was silly and then it got all dramaticy and then they lost me because I'm just like I don't care about this drama shit. I want my sexy fucking vampires. And there was and like it, they just turned into fairies and there was werewolves and then there was more fairies and then when it was all fairies and no vampires and I'm like I don't care. <laughs> I want sexy vampires. <laughs> I think I made it up to, I think, season three when, like, the fairy stuff started being introduced, and I don't think I've made it past that. That's yeah. what, like, that's what it got bad in the books, is when all the fairy shit came in, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about fairies. Where is my vampire porn? So, <laughs> yeah. So, Ciro uh, has pointed out that Munchkin Punching is in Urban Dictionary. He goes, was... it's not bad, really. <laughs> Naki was right. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I what that right. means, because I'm not reading it. It's a masturbation thing. I was right. <laughs> Much and the munchkin. It kind of makes sense. I, I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> masturbation jokes. Masturbation jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Chris Hansen said, check. Munchkin Punch is a take off the Danza Punch, but instead of asking who's the boss, you ask who represents the Lollipop Guild. The Tony Gans is my favorite, too. (laughs) Who's the boss, Naki? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? That's awesome. So look at the time. We're at that part of the show where we're going to share with you what we've been getting into, what we are going to be getting into. I'm going to toss to Naki first. Oh, thanks. Uh, I went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last night. Um, I don't understand how Megan... (laughs) I don't understand how Megan Fox is getting work. 
even if she's banging Michael Bay, there's no way she should have any work. And somehow she's morphing into um, the chick from Lost who played Kate, and I can't remember her name, Evangeline. Evangeline. Yeah, she looks she so much. She her too much. She has toe thumbs. She looks toe so much thumbs. like her in that movie. It's ridiculous. Um, they introduced a character that I can't remember, that I don't think was in the comic series, so I don't understand why they created him, but, you know, what they do with movie verse. The Turtles themselves were written well. They're written like teenagers who happen to be ninjas. That was fine. They looked like shit, but they were written well. April O'Neil's a dumbass. Their new origin story is fucking terrible. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that was for a shredder. Um, Middle-aged super soldier Shrek Hulks. Yeah, but I mean, like Shredder was a joke. Like I, like I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, remember when Shredder barely wore armor and he was still a badass? That's what I miss. Um, and the thing that makes me sad about this is that this is what a lot of kids are going to think what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is. And you have to sit there and be like, no, and then put on the original like three movies if this is what we're going to do. Or like what I do in my in the playroom is I put on the 1987 animated series and they enjoy that too. Because it's turtles who are ninjas and are fighting and are great. Um, but like I said, the, the, the turtles themselves weren't written badly. You know, there was there was good fight scenes, kind of. Um, they were okay. Uh, Splinter's voice was terrible. Like, they animated him so well. And I was like, yes, he looks really good. And then he talked, and I'm like, Why? <laughs> why? Why did you do that to me? Why? I got really excited when I saw Splinter, and then he talked. It's kind of like when you watch anime, they give you the voice dubs of the English actors, and you're just like, huh? And it's like, like when you watch Attack on Titan with the voice dubs, it's terrible. They'll never watch the English version. Just watch it with the with the subtitles. It's so much better. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I that's that was my rant on, on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Don't pay money for it. Don't just don't pay. I money wasn't for it. planning on it. Yeah. When no it shows up on Netflix, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, that's the only way I'd see it is Netflix, honestly. That's it for me. That's it for you. I'll go next because I haven't been getting involved in a whole bunch of stuff because I've been busy. But the biggest thing is I'm doing a rewatch of the show Chuck, and I forgot how much I enjoyed that. I'm about halfway through season three right now. It's just a fun show. They have fun with themselves. They, they tell funny jokes. There's cool nerd jokes in there, but they get cool spy action. I'm in. I forgot how much I loved it. So if you haven't seen it, go on Netflix and watch Chuck. It's great. That's about all I've been getting into, though. What about yourself, Anthony? Jeez, I'm all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, we did uh, the Boise Library Con yesterday, which was spectacular. Uh, they actually got Paul Pope to come to the free Boise Library Convention, so that was kind of cool. Um, got to see my friend... From uh, high school, Joelle Jones, who was the artist on Helheim, who since the last time I saw her at Emerald City has worked on uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman for Marvel and DC. Like her name's getting up there. It's pretty cool. She's uh, about to start the second Helheim, the Brides of Helheim. Me, I loved Helheim. I really liked yeah. that comic. So yeah, I, I asked her about it. Apparently, uh, Colin Bunn, who's writing the second one, who wrote the first one, is just barely ahead of her. He's like somewhere around issue four. And she said she's already penciled up to issue three. So, like, the book is, you know, they're tearing through it. And, I mean, it just got solicited. So they should be done with it by about the time, I think, when it actually starts hitting the shelves. The first Helheim was great. It's a it's a, uh, a Frankenstein supernatural zombie story. It's fucking crazy. But, with Vikings. <laughs> yeah, with Vikings. It's so much fun. 
But yeah, so did that yesterday. That uh, was actually the White's first uh, comic book convention. So it was a you know the Boise Library. It's a free entry thing. It's one day. They take their warehouse where they do their book sale and they turn it into an artist alley. That's and cool. so I think there was like maybe thirty artists, most of them local, either from Boise or from uh, Portland. And then um, a lot of them, like Joel and them, that live in Portland, actually grew up in Boise, and you know now live in Portland. But it was mainly local artists, so it was pretty cool. And then um, we're getting ready because uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week, I will be in Salt Lake. So we're prepping everything, buying my uh, photo op to meet Mr. Stanley, getting everything set up for my tattoo because I have to get a tattoo at every convention I go to. I didn't count the Boise convention because I didn't go anywhere. So. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'm still getting a tattoo within the week, so it'll have to cover both of them. <laughs> what we're saying is we need a guest host for next week, if you're interested. Yes, because I will not be here. By the time, live Sunday morning at this time, I will be waking up in a hotel room, post three days of convention walking with a brand new shoulder tattoo, probably very sore and very tired and looking forward to a nice leisurely car ride home where I don't have to drive. Very nice. Not having Other to drive that, is awesome. Yeah. Other than that, just comics. Wolverine, One Month to Die. They finished the Wolverine vs. Sabretooth story, which is pretty cool. Die um, already. Nova figured out some stuff about his dad, the new issue of Nova, which was good. Um, Brian Michael Bendis. They toted this as the epi- the issue where you find out how it is that Star-Lord and Nova went into the Cancerverse to kill off Thanos, and somehow Thanos is back and Star-Lord is back, but nobody has told us what the fuck happened to Richard Ryder. This is the start of that story. It's Ooh. not that story. So I'm still not sure if I hate Bendis yet. I actually really <laughs> yeah. like that Guardians of the Galaxy series. I hadn't actually been picking it up just because I'm I'm I love the movie, but I'm not a huge Guardians fan. I like Star Lord and all, but I'm much more like Richard Ryder, the Annihilation stuff. That was my hero, and when they decided to kill him off, I was really not happy with the Marvel universe. But I'm, I'll be picking that up at least long enough to figure out what the fuck happened to him. And then uh, that, Kill that All Monsters, Jason Copeland has put out the new book, Pop, which is a fun little read, so I would highly recommend this one. Kill All Monsters is also a good read if you have not read it. Yeah, and it's was collected and done on a Kickstarter, and so you can go actually buy it on Amazon now. Oh, Great cool. book. It's, it's you know, when, when you can't get enough Pacific Rim, go get yourself some Kill All Monsters because it's giant robots punching giant monsters. It's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Indeed. So, I think that's about wrapping up what we've been getting into. Did want to send some positive thoughts to our friends over at the Voices of Defiance podcast. Here's hoping for you guys' sake they renew Defiance for Season 3. I don't know what Sci-Fi is going to do. I stopped watching halfway through Season 1, personally. but I've never seen it. But Godspeed, Voices of Defiance. It's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So I can get caught up at some point. It's on my list, just like Continuum is. And looking in the chat room, uh, Draftsman said he'd like to guest host. Yeah. He would like to cover the lack of psychotic threats and behavior Brockman brings to the table. Damn right. About damn time. All right. Bring the violence. Yes. And then uh, Neil has said in the chat room, he said, great Guardians of the Galaxy review. That book is now an insta-buy if they finally solve what happened in the Cancerverse. Yeah, and I'll tell you, like, it literally, it starts off with somebody asking Star-Lord what happened, and he starts telling the story, and it flips back to Nova and Star-Lord are standing there facing off against Thanos, and it is the actual fight that they ended the Nova comic with. And when, oh, in cool. the Nova comic, you never found out what the fuck happened. It just ended. And so, yeah, it picks up right where that issue basically left off. 
So yeah, if you want to find out what happened to Richard Rider, Drax, Thanos, and Star Lord, it's definitely it's the book to pick up right now. Uh, Chris I will at least get it long enough to figure out what the fuck happened to my boy Richard Ryder. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Benson mentioned the charm as well. Jack Kirby's birthday was Thursday. Spend the rest of the weekend celebrating uh, the King of Comics. That's a good that's idea. True. What was it was it the the King was going to be ninety seven? I believe I so. Ninety seven. Lots of posts. If you put out a, if you go on Twitter, I think you just uh, hashtag uh, uh, Jack Kirby or Jack the King. There were tons of comic artists that celebrated his birthday this week with just some amazing tribute art to Jack Kirby. No doubt. And uh, Clone Freak has said his mom likes Defiance. So you should get her clued in on Voices of Defiance, where they talk about it each week. I don't think gonna moms keep like Defiance. I'm not going to do it, Mom! I'm not! I think my dad watched it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. Rebels. We are rebels, a lot of us. We're running way over on time, though, so I apologize, guys. What are you rebelling against? What do you got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything. Looking at the time, though, we are way over, so I think it's going to wrap us up for those this week, unless you guys have any parting thoughts you want to put out there. Dick butts. Dance, dance, fever. So we forgot to mention bacon also. So don't forget we record live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, and you guys can do the math from there over at live.atdpodcast.com. Exactly. So uh, you can catch us live every Sunday at that time or go to uh, gunnageek.com slash network or atgnpodcast.com to download the audio podcast at a later date. I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. We will all be back next week except for Anthony as he gets his comic convention experience on. So until then, we'll see you later. Bye! Off to the land of the Mormons. Hopefully I make it back. And the near beer. And the near beer. Oh, no. Near beer. All right, on that note, we're out here. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy on the Gunna Geek Podcast Network. You can find ATGN in a variety of places. Some of those include our website at atgnpodcast.com or on certain apps like Stitcher Radio. In fact, we're even on Gunna Geek's main website at gunnageek.com slash network where you can find all things good and nerdy and all of the other shows that are part of the Gunna Geek network family. If you want to get in touch with the show directly, don't forget you can use any of the social media methods like Facebook at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy or Twitter at ATGN Podcast. That's not your cup of tea for getting in touch with us. Don't forget about the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN. We check it each week, so leave us a message and we'll get back to you and put it on the show. That's going to wrap up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Join the Adahe, Naki, and myself next week for an all-new live show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at live.atgnpodcast.com. The music you've heard for both the intro and outro of this show were found on SoundCloud.com and are used in accordance with the Creative Commons licenses. Leaving Earth by Abandon All Hope is used as the outro of this show, and The Wind Waker by the Neskimos is used as the intro and slightly modified in both cases. To get links directly to these songs, go to atgnpodcast.com and check out the background music section.